Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. So men are so bad at being sick. It's it's actually shocking. It's so fragile. Both so, so so fragile. Both our partners are currently under the weather. I would not call it. We're not talking fevers, flu, scratchy throat. Scratchy throat. Both are come have come down with a scratchy throat. Yeah. And it's a full it constitutes a full bed day. I mean, full shopping for supplies to yeah. deal with it. But then also, and this is the thing that really kills me. I have a lot of powders you and i have electrolytes you know things that are useful to yeah. drink when sick oftentimes steven is like i don't really like the flavor of that one no it's it's actually <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things <laughs> like it is when you talk about icks yeah it is the biggest ick and that's like men being sick because they go full victorian orphan mode where they are just invalid it's like take me to the sea one last time wheel me out to the beach before i die yeah like what if they were actually going through something like even like a minutia of what we experience i don't know i mean i think all the time about the monthly periods that yeah. we go through and how the my last one i was near bedridden but i still managed to Go to your birthday party. Yes. Run a couple errands. Even when I was on death's door in so much pain. I think you recorded the pod or something that day too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I had seen you. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's just normal for us. If we're in extreme amounts of pain or if we're very ill, we somehow find it in us to keep going. I won't lie. Like it is, it's shackles. Mm -hmm. Like our unwillingness to let anyone down. Yeah. Whereas I think men so take... You know, they take care of themselves in that way where they're like, actually, no, I'm putting a full stop. I'll cancel all my plans I'll with cancel, friends. Yes. Yeah. I'll cancel anything. Whereas we're like, well, this has been on the books for months. Yeah. It took so long to get to this point, And I just simply, I, I can't do it to someone. Yeah. No, that's how I feel. <laughs> and I mean, it may just be, you know, a general higher pain tolerance. And I don't want to glorify, you know. Why is she freaking Okay, this is crazy. It's like we started talking. Yeah, she's, no, she, she's the audience member. We've been here for like 30 minutes at this point. She was asleep, asleep until we... Dead asleep. It's <laughs> it's like a fan. It's like a super fan. It's yeah. like a true ugga. Yeah, I know. Penelope is. is losing her shit I for know. a little bit of background and context. Like, Oh my God, here she goes. It's Zoomy oh. City. Oh, see ya. Wow, so skinny. Yeah, so like, no, she is a needle. She's a needle I in the pine that. forest. I believe that it's all fur yeah. and tiny little body. I would hate to see her wet. I feel like that would be really hard for me. Have you seen her shaved? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that, basically it's, the, the it's thing. such a shock. Yeah. Oh my god, her summer cut. I yeah, wait for summer her summer cut every year. I wait. That's how you know the seasons arrived. Yeah, it's like really Groundhog Day. day. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's that that tells me more than anything else it's like put the bikinis on yeah he's got her summer cut. she's got her summer cut her little boots on <laughs> oh my oh my can you guys hear this i don't know i don't know this girl is like she's jumping control. she's leaping oh my oh she's like who is she playing with herself i know i mean honestly there's a lesson to be learned here yeah i know it's a testament should... to making your own fun do you feel like you do that do you choose fun because okay here's the thing that i think about at this period okay. in our lives where yeah. technically we don't have quote-unquote employment i already know <laughs> what you're gonna say and you do you ever think about how we could wake up and do anything we want 
Yes. Pretty much every day. Mm hmm. And do you feel like you're choosing to do anything you want? Or are you also like me sitting at a computer for a good portion of the day? I am doing that. I mm-hmm. also feel like productivity equals morale. And fun to me is now synonymous with reorganizing my closet. Yep. That is what fun has become. I mean, yeah. If you were to be like Beatrice, make your own fun for today. What it, would you do? Yeah, no, it would include a lot of errands. Of, of that kind of sort. We're sick. I know. We are the sick ones. I would have mending on there. Yeah. I love to I love to mend. Mm-hmm. I love to get an alteration done, as you know. I love to reorganize a closet. I love to drop clothes off to Goodwill. You know, sometimes I can sit in the park, but so- I went to sit in the park yesterday and I almost fell asleep because I was like, this is frankly not stimulating enough for me. Yeah. Like I'm one chapter into the book i'm reading and i'm like okay, i've actually I'm done that i'm i'm like i'm dozing off i, I know sorry and then i don't really leave feeling like energized and sprightly the same way i do when i complete a big job yeah like reorganizing the closet or moving a couch in or whatever it may be yeah that's so true and i think it's because it has nothing to do with like dopamine when you complete a task like oh. dopamine goes wild yeah 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 it's like better than sex yeah and we say that a lot <laughs> but it is better than sex. that rush Straight serotonin flooding every vessel of the body. I know. It is amazing. Where would you go? Where would you go, though? What? O- outside of Goodwill and, like, the grocery store. Where would you go? Oh, okay. Grocery go store, anywhere. as you know, is my biggest trigger, and yeah. I will not go. I can't. That's my, I, that's my... I've been going. I've been facing my fear more and more. Oh. Because I'm back into cooking now. Oh, I'm, I took a long hiatus. I've lost all confidence in cooking. That's I how have, I felt. I, yes, I feel like I don't want to try something I'm not good at. I recently made chicken parmesan and I completely fucked it up. It was so bad. It tasted bad. And you wasted the, the, and the I wa- ingredients. Yeah, yeah, I wasted all the ingredients. Yeah. I It was like a you know 45 minute kind of prep time recipe. And I was, that was, I mean, probably four months ago now. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I hate this. It's like I will buy pies now. I used to make everyone everything. And now I buy them. And I feel like one of those people, but I've just truly, yeah, I've fallen off. A pie is so hard. I've never even attempted a pie. I have baking. That's cooking is so tough for me. Baking is so tough for me. Yeah. Because numbers are not my strong suit. And I can't. (laughs) I have such a hard time following recipes. I know. I'm always freestyling. No, same, 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 same. As someone with undiagnosed ADD, TikTok diagnosis, yeah, I it's the hottest part. But to answer your question, a fun day. It's like, you know, we could go to Ojai. We could go wine tasting in Ojai. Oh, we could whoa. drive to Malibu. We could drive to Topanga. We could go around the canyon, have a little lunch in Topanga. But that mm. doesn't, we don't ever do that. We don't ever do that. We don't ever do that, but we could. It seems like a lot of effort. It's true. It's true. Seems like you get home even more tired than when you left. That's true, and and in that way, is mending really the the secret there? It's like after you're after you've mended, you're refreshed, you're revitalized. You've done something. Yeah, you've completed a task. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's a really sexy concept. But speaking of mending, I do have an update on the Ricardo situation. Oh my god, the people have been clamoring. For oh, one. I know, and I've kept them waiting a long time. Um, but. Ricardo is my alterations man, my tailor, who has been so good to me. And there's been lots of debate as to his sexuality and his intentions after he unsolicitedly made me a leather skirt. I must say, I never got the leather top that he promised. He told me he was a matching top and I never got it. However, I did go recently to (laughs) to pick up another order. 
Yes, this was my these were my winter gowns they took out of storage. Yeah. Yeah. And and like gave a little refresh to. So I go to pick them up and the lady at the counter goes, I've been waiting for you to come in. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I don't really talk to this lady that often. She's only at the counter, you know, sporadically. She goes, will you come outside with me? Have I told you this? No, you have not told me this. She this goes, is live on air. Th- really? Yeah. She goes, come outside with me. And I was like, I'm stepping outside of this dry cleaner with this woman. She pulls me into the car park. She goes, I'm wondering if you could go on Yelp and write a positive review. And I was like, yes, of course. Like, what do you mean? And she was like, no, no, about Ricardo. And I was like, okay. And she goes, "Ah, there was a girl and she wrote, "Ah, I just feel so terrible for him. She just wrote something negative about him. And I was like, well, what what was it? I was like, he's been amazing. I, the best person I know, the best man in my life. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I won't get into it. Oh my God. But it was bad. And basically we're trying to kind of lift him up by having oh. his regulars write reviews, oh. which I did immediately. But then I combed through of every course. Yelp and Google review to try and find it. Could not for the life of me. Couldn't find no. it. No. And I'm so curious. This is the update because I'm like, so, and I've, and I've gone back and I've seen him again. He's delightful as per usual. Just my favorite person on the planet. But what happened? Did he do the same thing to mm. me and some other like more uptight woman? A less open-minded woman. A woman less willing to be groomed. Or you know what I could also see being an issue is maybe someone took issue with the fact that he makes things too tight sometimes. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a sensitive thing. It's like if you continually are getting alterations back where you're like, I kind of can't fit into this yeah, on yeah, my bigger yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could do it. Or, and that's real. Or maybe I- just like a garment went wrong. Mm. Not And, you know, I would never accuse Ricardo of destroying a piece of clothing. And I do feel like I do vacuum pack myself into his alterations. It is like me against the music with it. Mm-hmm. I am fighting my demons to get into everything. When he- the arm is shaking, when you're trying to get a zipper. Out, oh, that's... when you're like, there will be no exhaling. Tonight. No, nope. Nope, nope. Just nope. little short. <laughs> everything works fine. As long as I don't sit down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so wild. But I've had so many inspirations for this week. I, I literally them. wrote a list. I would love to hear. Should it. I just read you? The yeah, list? I think read the list. And if there's not, enough time maybe we get into one of them on the patreon that's all i'm saying okay that's good that's good okay white woman's faces professional blindness that's one i'll need to hear about that one bodega culture that's two drink order that's three and the final gwyneth paltrow eating our story oh my god so of those whoa which would you like spin the wheel oh my god I okay I feel like white woman's faces I need to know more about because that one I don't understand Gwyneth Paltrow very good drink order also I'm interested in interested yeah okay I'm gonna I'll skate through them yeah I'll I'll just like whip 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 through yeah okay white woman's face is professional blindness I find it hard to remember a white woman in a professional setting I cannot recall a single person that I've met and I feel so rude and so terrible I am always the person to be like nice to see you and people will bring up personal details about when we've had an hour-long conversation and my mind is blank. Oh. I can remember, I think, a white woman in a fun, personal party type of context. Yeah. But anytime it has something to do with work, I don't know what it is. It's a Jessica. It's a Caitlin. It's a Evangeline. Yeah, Tori. I, a Tori. It's so interchangeable. I, I cannot tell you who is who. And we maybe we bleep this out, but okay. are you talking about PR girls? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I am. Okay. I am. Yeah. And I think it's because I think the other element of it is because PR girls never tell you a personal detail about themselves. No. So you have nothing to cling on to. So all they become is just like a face of like very pretty sorority whiteness. Yeah. And I I got myself into hot water the other night because I started talking about the concept of people management. And it's like, okay, would I want to go in the direction where I climb the ladder and eventually manage people? And I said to this woman, are you interested in that? And she said, well, I am the SVP. Yeah. Oh, of this. Oh. And so she was ah. like, yeah, so that's part of my daily life. And I was like, well, uh, Melanie, I just, I'm oh. sorry. I didn't know. I didn't put two and two together. No, I have to say that. I am very good with faces and names. It's it's something that people are like, oh my God, I cannot believe that you remembered, you know, all yeah, these you random. There is something about that group. I know. It's impossible. It's so tough. It's impossible. And it doesn't matter how many times I've met them. I know. I'm still like, wait, what? The only, the, the saving grace is when they reveal something about themselves that gives you like a detail to cling yes, on to. Exactly. It's like, that must be what, why they do that on The Bachelor. Because it's a sea of white women, one after the other, who all look kind of identical. No. So they come in on like a fucking tractor. We may laugh at the women in the chicken suits, but they're <laughs> just trying to... At least they're hey, original. remember me. Exactly. At least like something comes up when you think their name or hear their name. When a producer is like, okay, and then you should probably spend a couple of minutes with Rachel. It's like, right, the chicken suit. Yeah. Rachel M. Rachel M. Yeah. <laughs> From Iowa. Okay, I'm telling you one more inspiration and then I'm okay. keeping it moving. Okay. That inspired me this week because I was just like, I've, it inspired me to be better and yeah. do better. Yeah. And so I'm really on a mission now to ask personal questions about each white woman in a professional setting I meet. Yeah. And I will remember them to the end of time. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm finishing on strong on this Gwyneth Paltrow story. Yeah. I said I wouldn't name him, but I have a friend who is a professional backup dancer or a dancer. Or Big pop stars. And because of his profession, he is around quite a lot of industry types, let's just say. One of them is a director and told him about a Hollywood party that she went to. Up in the mansion, A-listers of the A-listers. Have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? Yes. That, I think, was the mandate. No. But I think there were no phones. Like, it was very, uh, very under wraps. Again, he's a very reliable source. He tells me that this person is a very reliable source. I don't know if I can say this without getting sued. So I'm just going to throw in a bunch of allegedlies. Yeah. And also add a caveat that this very much could be make-believe, made-up, rumor city. Of course. This woman walked into a room and Gwyneth Paltrow was face down, ass up, surrounded by a crowd of people, having her ass kind of lingus allegedly allegedly <laughs> by none other than peter dinklage wow yes oh my god of game of thrones fame. of game of thrones fame that's unbelievable <laughs> i mean this is it's so specific though it's like it's why so would incredibly... someone lie about why this? peter dinklage of all people allegedly allegedly <laughs> right shocking i mean we all know that eyes wide shut is real Oh, it's for sure. Real. Happens all the time, I'm sure. The NDAs signed, the the wild things. Especially I'd be so curious what's going on in like young Hollywood. You know, like the cast of Riverdale. Did they all just get in a room one day and say, like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's just all do this. I know. I don't know, but it's 
It's just insane. I think there is a level, like when you get to a certain level of fame and access and wealth and access, the world is so on the platter for you that you look for new, more provocative ways to have fun mm-hmm. and play with taboo and push the boundaries to feel something, right? Like ultimately, yeah, that's I what think it is. So, of course. I mean, getting your ass eaten by Peter Dinklage, that's a way to feel something. I know. I wonder how brad brad of brad, glee producer yeah. fame yeah Gwen's husband who is feels. so obsessed with her i know i'm sure he's fine with it honestly oh he's like he worships the ground she walks on in kind of a wild way how do you feel about that the wife guy thing the wife it's like guy every year he posts like to my queen oh i know we told you about smiling. this smiling your eyes light up the sky freaks me out yeah it's not my brand no it's not what i've chosen Chris has never done an Instagram post for me in a day in his life. Steven doesn't have Instagram at all. Yeah, true. Yeah. I know. And I know there are guys out there that I know well who do like another year around the sun with my best friend. And I, that's cute. I love it. It's nice. Yeah. I like to see those. Sucks when they break up and that shit gets archived so quick. I notice. I somehow always notice. I can tell (laughs) when someone's broken up just by, even if they've posted nothing nothing's deleted but there's just something going on and there's I'm a like, shift there's something co- no something's not right that's a skill there is a woman you follow that i we need to talk about at some stage oh my god can you just please can i overtake your inspiration <laughs> by like can i override it by making yeah. this your inspiration i'm afraid okay i'm gonna change some of the details change the details yeah change the details so you would not be able to find out who this woman is but she is an la woman about the town this is my inspiration and it has because i've shared this with so many people because i just feel obsessed she's an la woman about the town can i say she's a pillar of the wellness industry yes okay yes pillar of the wellness industry very successful very beautiful gorgeous very fit thin as a yeah thin as a pine needle in the woods yeah find her truly nope Nope, 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 nope. No, not at all. Skin tone, even as the day is long. And she and her partner, this was one of the recent breakups in which I was like, something's off. But then I didn't have to wonder for long because they did sort of a notes app explanation of what went on. A public statement, if you will. Yeah. And it was so fun to follow her single era which lasted a very a matter of weeks but i think that there is something amazing about treating a matter of weeks like it was a lifetime in which like your entire perspective on the world shifted but wasn't there a background i can't remember if they were engaged they were planning a wedding they were planning a wedding planning a wedding and then she called it off because she was like i need to explore myself yeah took a few weeks away they got back together and was basically like but don't worry i'm a completely different person and so is he and I love that. I totally love that. I think that there is nothing more alluring to me that you can completely change who you are in like three weeks. But also put out a public statement on yeah. both ends. Like we're breaking up and we're back together. We're back together. And it was like a month. Yeah. It's fabulous. It's almost like, do you know what I think it might be? What? That she thought there might be something better out there. <gasps> she invited in single men into the DMs with the statement. And then the pickings were slim and she was disappointed with the talent in Los Angeles. And she was like, I'm going back to my roots and so could be running home to that man. It's the ever alluring thing of like, well, if I was just single, everything would be different. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just simply not true. I know. I was actually listening to a relationship therapist talk about this and 
just saying that people are really quick to the trigger with breakups and divorce Mm -hmm. and that there's been like a recent study or it's been proven that people who uh, are divorced have actually a lot of regret and wish that they stuck it out. And it's, it's an overwhelming majority or something I could be misquoting, but it was a pretty compelling study where it was like people who just were like, look, it's not working. Let's just call it now wish that they had seen it through. You know what I'm obsessed with and I'm going to write a story about is people who have married the same person twice. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had a friend in high school whose mom, whose parents got divorced and then remarried. Remarried. Very Elizabeth Taylor. I know. So cool. It's kind of like, I feel like that has to be it. It's like, wait, we spoke too soon. Yeah, exactly. Our story's not done. That is beautiful and romantic. Very romantic. Do you have a real inspiration that I cut you off? No, actually, I'm glad you said this. My inspiration was just going to be tea because I threw a tea party yesterday and I brewed like six different types of tea and I like everyone just like gave me free reign. So I was able to take everyone through and I ordered them in this way. I started with a beautiful rose tea because it was like very gentle, very floral. I went for a ginger turmeric tea to like kind of wake everyone up. Then when the scones came out of the oven, I had a black tea that you like take with cream and sugar um that's really beautiful did you force everyone to drink each cup of tea yeah of course absolutely they had to drain every cup yeah yeah how else would i put the new tea in there but they were very little cups so it's it wasn't a big you're like now shots yeah well but there was a point in which i was like hey i actually need everyone to speed up a little bit because (laughs) the scones are getting cold and i need to everyone needs to be drinking the black tea the the next round is here me making a tea party like sort of an intense endeavor <laughs> oh it's so like you to make I it a know. militant event. i'm like no one relax <laughs> no one just enjoy you host so much i actually can't well wrap it my was head around it, it was a resolution that i made that i wanted to host more domestic era yeah. yeah and i actually have truly followed through on that in that i have had so many random people over to my house for like a cocktail a happy hour a dinner i have a few dates to propose to you before i leave today so i mean you leave in like two weeks i know that's why it's like every we gotta we gotta use the time (laughs) um and um now that i eat red meat we can make steak i can make you a steak oh that you eat yeah you eat red meat it's back Yeah, yeah it's back why did you come back just because i I like the protein mm. part it, in part. And then also um, I don't eat it all the time, but I had been eating like random little things like bacon. And I was sort of like, if I'm eating bacon, I might as well eat a burger. You yeah. Know? It's like, where am I really drawing the line here? I like steak frites. Steak frites. Okay, yeah. great. I like anything. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you're easy. That's the thing. Well, except for fish. I don't like a white fish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do know mm. that. Yeah. Not like a huge seafood girl. Oh, I will do any other seafood, but not a white fish. Not a white I'm traumatized fish. from Fish the Family Dish Wednesdays, what? which was a pan fried crumbed white fish, fish that mom made every Wednesday for every year of my life. My mom also made white fish like that sometimes. Yeah, and it's just it's terrible. It's not good. It's so <laughs> it's bland. Bad. But speaking of mothers. Yeah. Here we go. We're talking Tyra. All things Tyra. Oh, it's a fun one. It's so fun because also we've never done a Forbes profile before. I know. Hello, Forbes. Hello, hello Forbes, which means it's like very money business focused, which I think is good for everyone going into the new year, setting resolutions, knowing where everything sits, maybe opening a retirement account. You know, I think it's good to be money minded. And that is where we are in Tyra Banks' world in 
2006. She has, at this point, I think formally retired from modeling and has just launched her talk show, Mm -hmm. uh, which comes on the heels of America's Next Top Model. Smash success, obviously. I watched both. She knows how to work a room. I know. I wanted to ask you. Okay, so base level impressions through to thoughts through to opinions feelings emotions everything tyra what do you think i mean america's next time model played a huge part in my life it's how it was my official plan for how i was gonna fix my teeth i was gonna get on the show this was my plan earnestly i don't even know if i've told anybody this i was gonna get on the show because i was sort of tall and i was like you know i'm you know willowy yeah and i was like okay there are a lot of girls here who kind of just have like you know random faces maybe i could be one of those girls Mm -hmm. and i'll get on the show and i'll make my way through until the what is it called when they redo the makeover the makeover episode they'll fix my teeth and then it doesn't matter what happens then i don't need to win i just need them to fix my teeth for free it's a strong plan yeah. And I said, they'll give me an amazing haircut. They'll fix my teeth. I'll leave gorgeous and I'll continue on with my life. Mm-hmm. You don't need that cover girl campaign. No, 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 no. It's not viable. What do you do after that? You know? <laughs> so I loved it. I completely loved it. Obsessed with so many of the contestants. Taught me so much about makeup and beauty. Definitely negatively impacted my body image. Body image. Yes. Uh, Tyra, I think, raised a generation of women. And that generation would be our generation. Yes. Wherein it was plus size was like a size four. Uh-huh. And they were like, she's frankly too fat. Like, who's going to book her? Not a soul. Um, <laughs> but this profile is titled Tyra Banks on it. The subhead reads, with two hit TV shows and more in the works, Tyra Banks goes where no supermodel has gone before. Watch out, Oprah. And my God, is it true? This is written by Kerry Blakely, who is a Forbes writer for 10 years. Probably at Forbes' peak, actually. I don't know if you know this, but Forbes is... This is good for everyone. Every ago to know. Forbes (laughs) is a con. And I'm, I'm saying that just... Totally outright. Forbes 30 under 30, you can buy your way onto that list. Yep. You need to yep. have a publicist pitch you. And then I think there's some sort of fee involved. But I, I think it's probably thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. So much like you can buy a magazine cover now with certain publications, you can buy your way onto the Forbes list. Also, I, it is famous for paying freelancers like $250 a month for maybe 10 articles or so. Yeah. That's what I've heard. It's 10 articles. One of the most like ruthlessly exploitative, I think, publications out there. And I say this with my full chest because I will never write for them. I like am not interested. But at this point in time, probably in 2006, it was the height of chic. Oh, totally. For sure. It would be the the dream to write for and the dream cover for any, you know, budding mogul to get. Exactly. And especially I feel like someone that's famous, that's making a foray into business in some way. It's like you couldn't do better than Forbes. Exactly right. Like that's the the creme de la creme of cover. So uh, this writer, Kerry, also went on to be an entertainment expert for shows like Entertainment Tonight and E! And she published a very successful book, Can't Think Straight, a memoir of mixed up love. And I wondered if I could read you the blurb because I it was she got so much press for this book. I was like, I think I need to know more about it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me with it. So that was it. You send your fiance to the dry cleaners one day and he comes back gay. What? When Carrie Blakely realizes her 10-year relationship was built on lies, she screams, then drinks, and spends the ensuing months in a foggy new world of sexual encounters. This is her story of learning to love, whatever that means, again. 
Isn't that the most dramatic premise you've ever heard? Oh my god! You you're coming up on a ten year relationship. Steven's gay. Whoa! And this is crazy. The dry cleaner, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's, so this is this is her book. It was a memoir about her long term relationship, her partner coming back gay, and I can't tell you that that hasn't not kept me up at night thinking that I may be in a relationship with a man who's gay. It would be so on brand for me. Yeah. <laughs> nothing more natural could ever happen in my life no of course oh my god oh my god i know this is one of the most shocking author bios i think we've ever stepped yeah absolutely whoa (laughs) but also 2006 was a really wild time um we've talked about it ad nauseum but the pop punk explosion uh-huh. you know the panic of the disco mayday parade my chemical romance cues what we aim for they all had albums out this year it was just a total takeover uh scene culture of course a lot of bangs swept to the side and then it really just was the rise of the internet so facebook went kind of public this year it expanded from beyond u.s universities to everywhere like it, it was open to anyone 13 and older in 2006 and then it was suddenly like, okay, social media is here to stay and it has a lot more power than any of us anticipated. And that really, I mean, it totally changed the trajectory. We've talked about 2018 recently and how much the emphasis was on like virality mm-hmm. and everyone was trying, like it was the beginning of like influencer culture kind of. Yeah. And uh, and 2006 also felt like a massive vibe shift in terms of content, both like online and on television. And also these types of shows this was on the heels of devil wears prada and everything was like you're ugly and you're fat you know yeah ugly betty debuted this year or just like this concept of being rich and famous i think was never more desired or prevalent than in this moment like hannah montana living the double life of being a pop star hannah montana premiered this year um the hills also premiered this year everything was like glitz glamour luxury heightened experiences hedonism it was just really interesting and also like let us bring you into this very exclusive world exactly which is so different than the 90s and the way that like even the fashion world worked it's like it was a closed door yes. the regular person did not know what was happening backstage at a dolce and gabbana's show like, no you're never pulled behind the curtain no and then this was like okay we're bearing the curtains wide open but you only get accepted vicariously like you're only in this because we choose to show it to you and we're also lying yes we are lying the hills like so much of like lauren conrad's work at teen vogue it was like no that's not actually what it looked like there wasn't an option of getting flown to paris no three days into an internship yes exactly unpaid internship you'll always be the girl who didn't go to paris i know i mean no girls are going to paris baby no like it's insane no so it was just a, it was a real yeah it was a cultural reset in a number of ways uh, I think I brought this up on an old episode as well but it was also like a big year for queer culture because mm-hmm. Brokeback Mountain won the Oscar and then Lance Bass came out as gay oh wow so a, a lot of coming out between Kerry Blakely's husband or long term boyfriend and Lance and just yeah wow that's a lot it is a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't think Brokeback Mountain won Best Picture, but it did win three Oscars. Oh. Which is a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. And they, I mean, the performances are incredible. I know. Two straight men. Uh, yeah. 
What is it? You have to play gay to get an Oscar, isn't that the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have heard that. I have heard that. But I want to tell you a little bit about Tyra. So she was born and raised in Inglewood, LA, and uh, came from kind of a more like impoverished background, grew up in like a one-bedroom apartment uh, with her mom, and had like an insane growth spurt when she was 11, right. where she grew a foot and lost 30 pounds all in one. And because she was so tall and so skinny, her hips kept dislocating. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, so wild, right? But and at, she was made fun of, and she was made. Fun of, she was bullied like hell, and I think also because she was in a predominantly black neighborhood, and these kind of beauty standards that white women were subjected to was very different in the black community. I mean, they loved hips and breasts and like a womanly, feminine figure, and for Tyra to be like itty itty bitty skinny was not the vibe like did not fit in among her peers and i mean there's this great story about her mom basically a friend came over and her mom was like i don't know where that where that skinny butt is like they were like where's tyra and she's like i don't know where that, that skinny butt is and tyra ran to her room and sobbed oh my god <laughs> which is like yeah i mean i i get it whereas <laughs> it, us dying to be called thin i mean everyone the greatest compliment oh my nana described me as a young foal and i Took that to sleep every night thinking, oh my God. wow. A young foal. A young, she was like, you look like a young foal. Those long, knobbly legs. And I was like, wow, I am living. I'm gorgeous. That's thin. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. L- why don't you look up a foal and you'll see. <laughs> but she also didn't fit in in the modeling world originally. So she got rejected from four modeling agencies. Insane. Mm-hmm. Because that face, are you that height? Stunning. Stunning outrageous so she gets rejected from four agencies before getting signed to la models exclusively for runway they were like no one is ever gonna want to take your picture you ugly little bitch and she was like what 15 at the she was time? 15 so she gets signed as a runway model and then i guess winds up at elite and then when she heads to europe for her first season i think she moved straight to milan or something she booked 25 shows in the 1991 paris fashion week she also appeared in editorials for American, Italian, French, Spanish Vogue, American, French, Italian, Sp- German, Spanish L, American, German, Malaysian, Harper's Bazaar, V, W, Benny. Like she booked so many editorials and so many shows. I think her modeling agency over in Europe was like, yeah, this is really normal. Like everyone kind of gets this their first season. Like you're the new girl on the block and completely gaslighted her. A successful round your first season was booking three shows. Oh my God. She booked 25. <gasps> That's so, I mean, the work ethic is there. Oh, it's, she went absolutely hog wild. She is the embodiment of, if you don't have homework, assign it for yourself. Her mom, Caroline, put her to work in a way. I mean, I, she also was so self-driven, but they were like, okay, how do we make Tyra the perfect product for every designer? So she would go into designer go and change her makeup. Oh my God. To match the designer's personal aesthetic and design specifications. So instead of, I don't know, showing up being herself, she literally molded herself to suit every designer's palette. Unbelievable. And so the amount smart. of study that would take to yep. be like, oh, okay, I see. They like a very bare face and yep. they like hair pulled back or they love big hair. They love... Yeah, she's watching like Naomi, Shalom, like she's watching all the top girls, Cindy Crawford, and realizing that they all have like a special thing to their walk. So she walks over and over and over again to get a a special kind of like idiosyncrasy that's Tyra. 
And uh, yeah. And then so she goes on to experience like massive success. Of course, she's the first black woman to cover Sports Illustrated swimsuit, the first black woman or African-American woman on the cover of GQ. In 1997, she received the VH1 award for supermodel of the year. And she was the first African-American chosen for the cover of Victoria's Secret catalog and then became like a Victoria's Secret angel, obviously. I think she was also like the first black model to wear the fantasy bra twice. Like there's a there's a whole lot mm-hmm, of firsts mm-hmm. built in there. But um, yeah, in this moment, she's retired from modeling just a year prior. And she started her production company, Tai Tai Baby Productions, which then gets quickly updated to Bankable Productions. Also cool. Yeah. They threw away Tai Tai Baby. <laughs> yeah. Tai Tai Baby. That's tough. <laughs> it's tough. You get on a phone call. An investor meeting. Yeah. She also produced, do you remember that movie, The Click, about like mean middle schoolers? Yes. She Did produced you read that. the series? No. What? Oh. We're starting a book club. Okay. We're reading the series. I actually don't know how it would hold up. I'd be very curious, but they had a huge impact on me growing up. Gossip Girl for yes. middle schoolers? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Mean, richest people in the world. Very chic girls that are obsessed with lip gloss. Yeah, so she produced the movie, which I didn't realize, under Bankable Productions. And she was also the executive producer and, of course, famously presenter and judge of America's Next Top Model. She retires from modeling in 2005. The Tyra Banks show premieres in September. This is June 2006. And then it's all over by 2010. But not before she won the Daytime Emmy. Huge. Huge. And then, of course, she would... Co-star with Lindsay Lohan in Life Size. She had like a brief acting stint. Yeah. Which didn't pan out in a huge way, but still indelible work. Yeah, I would say Life Size, she's well known. Coyote Ugly. I can't can't say Coyote. It's I always read it Coy. Coyote. Coyote. (laughs) Yeah. Coyote Ugly. I just watched over the weekend. Did you? Yeah. God. In preparation for this. It's the insane. plot is insane. It's insane. She is moving from New Jersey to Manhattan and they're acting like she's moving to Antarctica. They throw her like a hundred person going away and her dad is like, how dare you? To move a 30 minute train ride up Yeah, I know. It's insane. Like she could get there and back in two hours. I know. Less. <laughs> it's so crazy. She has also had like many business ventures, a cosmetics brand called Tyra Beauty, which she actually completed a non-degree certificate program at Harvard Business School for. And uh, <laughs> and not only did she do that, but she set it up in uh, the MLM structure. So she coined the term beauty tainers, which were the sales distributors. So you'd be like a Tyra Banks, like beauty tainer, where you would obviously sell the product and then recruit other women to keep selling and so on and so on. You and I applying to be beauty tainers, <laughs> beauty tainers. right now. I didn't know she had an MLM. Totally tracks though. The MLM is obviously a multi-level marketing scheme, which is like you force someone to buy the product to sell it. They then buy the product and then to they sell. convince other people convince to other buy people. their product yeah yeah it. it's very cold s yeah it always goes wrong <laughs> but in 2019 she posed again for the cover of sports illustrated and that was her formal return to the modeling industry wherein she took on the name banks didn't know yes. that oh but b a n capital x was the name that she chose oh no she explained that mononyms are exciting in the industry and usually models go f- for their first names like Aman, 
I want to flip the script and go by my last name. I'm taking something familiar and making it new. I'm wiser now and thicker. Which I don't know how that applies to a mononym. No. That's, it's interesting though. Yeah. She's like, I'm thicker. I gotta drop the Tyra. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the big leagues. The body stuff is so interesting with her. Like any woman in the world that's ever been alive, your body changes as you age. And she spent, obviously, her earliest career in the elite runway model Mm. space where you have to weigh, like, I don't even know. 100 pounds at, like, 5 foot 10. Yeah. Yeah, which is so scary. And then as she got older, I mean, America's Next Top Model, that sort of ideal was very much upheld, even though she was already sort of not not in that space and not in a negative way um and then i feel like she's really embraced it in a big way of like i'm not model thin yeah well she describes it which is interesting that she would put it in these terms that she says my body gave up on me Mm. which is interesting it's almost like an athlete right like i got injured like my body just gave up but in reality, you're right. She just matured and fluctuated. She talks about in one of her memoirs that she was so surprised that women in the industry went through eating disorders because she could always eat whatever she wanted. And I think that was obviously in the aftermath of like this insane growth spurt that she had where she was just like tiny, tiny, skinny, thin. And like the metabolism of if of a 15 year old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then she developed breasts and then she was like, okay, well, I... I have to lose this weight. And her mom, who seems incredible and was her manager, was like, no, we're going to sit down, order a pizza. Let's look up every possible client who would like your body type. So they wrote a list of like guests, Sports Illustrated, uh, I don't know, Target, you know, and we're like, okay, these these clients will hire you. And so she completely pivoted off the wow. back of getting these like huge knockers she's mm-hmm. had sick boobs oh my god no she's looked amazing in all her forms so the article begins the world's most famous supermodel tyra banks stands on a sound stage in culver city california and barks orders at a beautiful but beleaguered cast member of her top rated reality show america's next top model the tyra trainee swivels her head again and again to gaze into a tv camera but the real tyra wants more whip it fast and tight Banks commands, relax your mouth as if you had a shot of Novocaine. It's too soap opera. Novocaine mouth. Impatient, Banks demonstrates for the rookie, breaking down the mechanics of head turning as a choreographer who would deconstruct a pirouette. We're in a day and age, Tyra says, when these kids want instant success. They don't want to work for it. I feel tough love prepares these girls. In one episode, she screams the contestant so loudly, Tyra's eyes threaten to burst out of her head. But she admits to a second motive. People would rather watch Nasty than Nice. I've got to sell a TV show, she adds. What a way to open. Especially for a Forbes article, which is not necessarily, I don't know, it's not too introspective. It's not deeply sociological, one might say. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of about money and business and how you got there. But this is because I feel like this really gets to the heart of exactly what Tyra's special gift is. Yeah. In anything she puts her hands on. It literally cuts to the quick. I'm actually really impressed by this. Oh, yeah. But also it's like, I wonder if there was any other way to do it. Actually, do you know if she was getting criticized at all 
for the way she was treating these girls on the show? I think in the moment, it was the minority mm-hmm. that were critical. But I mean, obviously now, I mean, looking back in hindsight, yeah. it, it's rough to brutal. And there's a lot of the show that really doesn't withstand the test of time, including the racial swap photo shoot. <sighs> so we're not here condoning some of the the rougher bits of that show. Mm-hmm. But I think it was sort of, it was good TV in that, I, I also think if we look back at some of the early epi- episodes of the Kardashians, early episodes of any sort of reality TV competition shows at this time. Punked, we've talked about. Exactly. It is pretty brutal. Yeah. It's really exploitative in the name of entertainment, that's for sure. And I think she was just really going along with the trend of the time. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's I feel like she got more criticism honestly on her body when she gained weight there is that famous photo of her that then spurred the even more famous monologue that she delivered on the Tyra show yeah and that was kind of her superpower was like reclaiming the yeah. narrative yes and yes. I mean she's so admirable in many ways she's definitely flawed as well but so impressive that she took that she basically got photographed on the beach in Australia in a bathing suit and had a lot of cellulite and it just was like a widespread international case of body shaming. Just one of those instances where it's like everyone bandwagoned and instead of hiding in shame on the show, stepped out in the bikini. Yeah. Sorry, the swimsuit, the bathing suit and was like, guys, this is what it looks like. It was a bad photo, bad light, bad angles, which we know too well. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. You spiral for days over a a bad angle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Kiri writes, genetically blessed with creamy caramel skin, feline emerald eyes and a perfect pout. Tyra Banks made a name and a fortune for herself as the face of Victoria's Secret, CoverGirl and Sports Illustrated. Stomping down fashion runways from the age of 15. She is 32 now. An unmitigated modeling machine. She can flip through a dozen looks, sexy, pensive, dreamy, flirty in a dozen seconds. She can coo who will be America's Next Top Model, 20 different ways for promos. Even in front of a wind machine, she seems able to control every hair on her head. I love that line. Oh, so good. Yeah. And she is a master of control. Mm -hmm. Like she just had such foresight. She knows what everyone wants and needs from her and she's able to meet it. Whether it's changing her makeup up at age 15 or whether it's transitioning into the talk show space, knowing her audience, knowing what makes good TV, entertaining TV. Yeah. It's like nobody is going to pay attention if you had one season of a canceled, boring show. Exactly right. I'm going to scream because I know. I mean, remember Chris Jenner's daytime show that lasted one season? That was a real stab at the big time. Damn, I feel like that's one of the only things she's ever... Failed at? Messed up. I know. Well, I mean, Tyra isn't without failures too, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Put a pin in that. I love that this is Forbes because we get to talk numbers, which is so fun. So at her peak of modeling, Tyra would earn $50,000 a day. And that is lingerie contracts. That's high fashion modeling. And so her annual salary was around $4 But her next fortune is looking very very big so they're now positioning tyra as making a credible run at becoming the next oprah winfrey but like for the younger generation she ranks 84 on forbes celebrity 100 list and that demands a grueling schedule so talk about this woman's work ethic dude so she turns out 13 new weekly episodes of america's sex top model every six months then the Tyra Banks show 170 170 episodes a year and then for five months in 2005 from august to december 
She worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week, taping two talk show episodes three days a week, plus segments for ANTM, and preparing her last fashion show for Victoria's Secret. She woke up at four, was in makeup by five, and ran on three or four hours of sleep each night. She says, there was a burning in my stomach every single day. Okay. We have to talk about this. Okay. Um, okay. One yeah. makes me feel so silly about you and I being like, you know what? We couldn't possibly record today. We're just not, we're just not, shining. Mu- yeah. we're not illustrious today <laughs> because we had kind of a longer morning event where we had to talk to two people. Stop. <laughs> okay. If you feel bad about this, think about, no, that. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Okay. Well, think about the men with the scratchy throats. Exactly. Who are bedridden. It's all on a spectrum. Yeah. And we have to realize, because also, this is not sustainable, what she's doing. No. Here. This is not like, oh, I aspire to this. We would, you would run yourself into the ground and dig below. It, yeah. I think it's helpful to down compare to your favorite celebrities. If you're watching like Kim Kardashian taking an acting class at 1am or whatever, or I don't know, I just interviewed Matt Reif, I think I was telling you, who does literally 18 hour days like what he does 12 p.m to 6 a.m every night every day 12 p.m to 6 a.m mm-hmm. wait so all night he's awake yeah he's awake till 6 a.m then he sleeps why till 12 cutting together content oh my performing god. late shows traveling yeah oh my god writing material all of it but if you think about it from the position or the vantage point of like, okay, I don't want that life. Yeah. Then it's very liberating. Of course, because there's nothing here to aspire to. However, it's the capacity to do that. And it's the drive that I think is the more enviable so impressive. facet of it. So, yes. so impressive. You're just kind of like, okay, where is that drive coming from to do 12 hours, seven days a week? Seven days a week. Seven days a week for months. really never have a day off. I mean, I think you would have a day off and lose your mind. Yeah. You'd be like, what does one do? What does a normal person do with all this time? Yeah. I think new mothers feel like that too. Yeah. I, that's the most triggering thing for me is when I hear people be like, before I had children, I actually don't know what I did with my days. I had so much time. Oh, oh being, like, but it doesn't feel like I have a lot of time. I right know. Now. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's bleak. It's Ugh. just perspective. All of it. I mean, we all know that everything is truly just perspective. Mm hmm. And when you have it and when something changes it, then time stretches in wild ways. Yes. And I don't think we should pedestalize working this hard. No. Capitalism and American culture, for sure, has trickled down. And it's like the hard work Olympics. It's like who is putting in the most hours? Who is leaving the office the latest? I know. And oftentimes those people are making minimum wage salaries in factories. Yeah. The people who are working the longest days. I know. And it's interesting that we're reading a Forbes story because they do have the numbers in. They talk about how, you know, Oprah's net worth is 1.4 billion. Mm -hmm. And Oprah is someone that came from nothing, you know, a newscaster from Chicago. And that story is so alluring of like, if I just work hard enough, I could be a billionaire. I could own this town, but at what cost? And that's not everybody. That's actually a very, very, very tiny percentage of people that can make it to an Oprah Winfrey level. Yeah, something's always got to give. And I think in the case of Tyra, it was her personal life. It seems like she had just a run of kind of bad relationships. I don't think she's with her biological child's father now. Specifically, the comparison between Tyra and Oprah lies in the age of their demographics. So 
What was fascinating about Tyra Banks and obviously very relevant to us is that her talk show drew 2.2 million viewers a week aged 18 to 35. So 18 to 35 year old women were obsessed with her. Um, I think 36% of her audience was under 35, which is double the percentage of the age group among Oprah's viewers. 60% of the Oprah audience was 50 or older. Mm -hmm. And this all basically came from America's Next Top Model. I mean, there's a crazy statistic here. Yeah, almost 90% of America's Next Top Model audience also watches the Tyra talk show. Yeah. That conversion rate is unbelievable. It was like a cult of personality, it felt like. Yeah. Everyone was there for Tyra. For sure. And A&TM is really what carved this path. She pitched it as American Idol meets the real world set in the fashion business. And Kerry writes, the formula clicked instantly. Pretty girls crying, fighting, and having every molecule on their insecure little bodies brutally critiqued by Banks and their fellow judges. Wait, speaking of this, have you seen the TikTok videos of Janice Dickinson, who is one of the famous judges, who will stitch a video of an aspiring model's walk and judge it in real time. <gasps> no. Oh, they are so brutal. Janice still has it. So it's like a young girl, you know, 16 being like, here's my walk. And then she'll stitch it and just be like, no, nope, boring. There's nothing here. Find a new job. And, and that's, that's 2023. That's, the that's the, yeah. Whoa. I know. And this is what was so crazy. I mean, Janice Dickinson has clearly been through the ringer and trying to maintain a youthful appearance. Uh, but that was what was insane. It was like Tyra wasn't the skinniest girl when she was hosting the show. Like Janice looked botched AF. Yeah. And like they Nigel, are, just a random man. Yes. And they're just ripping apart these young women. Yeah. I mean, there's that famous clip now of this girl who's like, this is actually too much pressure for me and I think I'm going to go home. Yeah. And they're all like, what? Don't you want this? <laughs> you stupid bitch. Wouldn't you give up your firstborn for this opportunity? And she's like, actually, it seems pretty intense. <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, Carrie writes, on the talk show, the statuesque host has truly come into her own. She is 25 pounds heft. This is again crazy. Yeah. 2006, you are writing about someone's weight like this. She is 25 pounds heftier than the typical model, and she relishes debunking glamorous illusions of supermodels to reveal herself as a cellulite-prone, baggy-eyed, averaged gal. She gleefully shows unretouched photos of herself before an editor has trimmed extra inches from her thighs and waist. She regularly appears on camera without makeup, revealing the dark circles under her eyes. She paraded around in a fat suit for a day and then cried about how people had treated her. Fabulous. <laughs> she once brought on a doctor with a sonogram machine to prove she doesn't have breast implants, as had long been rumored. And in another segment, and we've talked about this on the Naomi Campbell episode, so please go back and listen to that. Pause this right now. Go listen to that as a precursor. Tyra confronted the famously hot-tempered Naomi Campbell, who was her longtime rival, about their feud. She told Naomi, I was tired of having to deal with you. <laughs> Unbelievable. No one's ever been more honest. Like So she, brave, live on so TV. So brave. Mining like every part of her personal life for ratings. It really is sort of like a, a circus. Total time capsule. Like yeah. everything that she's interested in, every segment that she crafted was so that era, late 2000s. And like, you know, Oprah also loved a big moment. Oh, she you know? loved to wheel out that 
you that, get a t- car and you know but when she wheeled out the thing of lard oh my to god to demonstrate wait. the weight that she lost she like a wagon Oprah? of lard she she literally brought out it might have been like 30 pounds or something of animal fat on like a children's wagon yeah watch it watch it live i'm googling oprah lard wheelbarrow yeah. I, the first <laughs> stop <laughs> the first headline oprah's biggest on-air mistake question mark the wagon of fat <laughs> the wagon of fat the wagon of fat 67 pounds yes that's right we're po- we'll post this on the page yeah we this- will this needs a permanent life on the page. <laughs> I know. And she said, and she's like tiny in a little turtleneck and high waisted jeans oh sitting next God. to her wagon of fat. She's so happy now. I love to see all the videos of her in her garden with like her cornucopia of herbs. I know. And I think you might be able to fact check me on this, but she's still a Weight Watchers spokeswoman. No, I feel like she might be. Yeah. More people are than you'd believe. But it's like how Rob Lowe still does Atkins. It's like, what? It's- girls how long was your contract i know it must have been like a 20-year contract i I mean but i feel like by now i mean but some people really believe in the program in a way that you're like what which is just like don't eat bread don't eat bread cut any carbs yeah it's like spinach is fine yeah (laughs) (sighs) you won't catch us there the best thing about this profile i think is that she really doesn't shy away from being like tyra banks is not perfect and in fact has sucked at quite a lot of stuff. She dedicates a whole paragraph to this, being like, okay, so she sucks in Coyote Ugly. (laughs) She sucked guest starring on sitcoms. And you know what else she sucked at? Being a pop star. This is like a really rough section of a profile. In 2003, even as her modeling show was already underway, Tyra Banks hired Mariah Carey's music manager, Benny Medina, who's also worked with Jennifer Lopez. Tyra says, oh, child, that was a dream. I sounded decent, but you shouldn't ever do something just because you're decent at it. Her first and only single, Shake Your Body, debuted on America's Next Top Model and was the most downloaded item on the UPN website. I don't know what UPN means. <laughs> it's their network. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the, the network. network. I mean, totally out of the zeitgeist now. UPN? UPN website was the most downloaded item. Yeah. I guess. I guess. It's got to mean something. And uh, Tyra Banks has balked at releasing the song for Radio Play. Can I give you five seconds? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Have you heard it? No, I haven't. I don't think I have. Maybe I have. But it's been a long time. This is Shake Your Body by Tyra Banks. It's familiar, but it also sounds like every other. Yeah. I, I mean, it, interchangeable probably from. No, if I if I say this, I will get absolutely roasted. So this episode gets us in like three different lawsuits. Oh, I know. Gwyneth's team comes for us. Tyra's team comes for us. Peter Dinklage's team. Peter Dinklage's team comes for Forbes. us. Forbes. Forbes <laughs> comes for us. Oh my god. I know there's actually quite a lot here. Subscribe that's to the damaging. Patreon so we could fight these lawsuits. <laughs> you can follow along. <laughs> so it wasn't a hit. Yeah. But uh, if there's anything Tyra can do, it's pick herself back up when she's been knocked down. So she's currently in the works to produce five TV shows, all starring her. And she wants to act again. She's also creating a mid-price lingerie line. 
and working on launching an internet community with her ANTM producing partner and a consumer guru. Is Tyra Mark Zuckerberg in the making? I mean, feels like maybe, yes. It's, I guess, a social network geared to making women feel bad about themselves. An internet community. Yeah. Would you call Instagram a community? Yeah, and I guess, you know, the Kim Kardashian app tried to do an internet community. That's true. Anywhere people gather. Yeah. It's technically a community, I suppose. It's true. It's true. United in our interests. Yeah. This that we like Tyra Banks. Is yeah. an internet community. That's true. That's Are true. we Tyra? We, I mean, we're, we're making our way. We're also doing a lingerie line. <laughs> Everyone Imagine. becomes their mothers eventually. I know. It's so true. And here we are, becoming mother. Which I dream of merch. I know. We've and talked it- about little thongs, little Uncover Girl thongs, haven't we? Have we <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to talk to you about that. I think that you Because Uncover... Un- oh, that's Isn't that good. Isn't that cute? No, lingerie would be good for us. It would. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it would. Yeah, That yeah. or like baby tees in the like dump him style right graphic send us a dm what you want to see that's my dream that one day it'll happen i know just subscribe away to the patreon and rate and review (laughs) we'll put you in a little thong but tyra banks's ultimate goal is to emulate martha stewart and kiri writes as a caveat in terms of the franchise stewart built not her felony conviction which thanks for making that clear there's a uh, lot of voice here there is a lot of voice it's fun exactly i'm having it's, fun <laughs> it's so fun for a finance article yeah absolutely but she still has to tackle the arcane mysteries of money she was embarrassed when a businessman friend asked what's the yearly budget of your talk show what's the per episode budget and tyra was like i looked at him with these blank typical model eyes <laughs> You know that you know that That's empty how stare. I talk. That's how I talk. <laughs> I looked at him, lips of an angel, <laughs> aghast. We're loose today. I know we are. Uh, Forbes does it to you. I- <laughs> and Tyra said, "I don't know. I call myself a businesswoman, and then I don't know the budget of my show." She goes, "That's my goal for next year to really dissect the budget." It does feel crazy that she doesn't know what an overarching budget would be on a show that she is the producer of. Also, goal for next year. Like, someone could just answer that today. Yeah. Someone knows that. Someone on her team has that information. Send an email. Hey, just wondering. JW. (laughs) (laughs) When Banks was growing up, she lived with her younger brother and her mother in a one-bedroom apartment in the gritty Inglewood section of Los Angeles. Not so gritty anymore. Which has made her frugal and fearful of losing everything. I have a poverty demon, she says. I'll ask my accountant if I can afford something and he'll say, what are you talking about? Like, of course you can. Which I think happens to a very specific section of celebrities. I feel like we've done one, didn't we? We talked about one that had a similar thing. Emily Ratajkowski, I know, has that. Mm-hmm. Just is always operating from a position of scarcity. Like, yeah. there's no abundance mentality. Was it Jennifer Lawrence? No, maybe not. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's people who grew really up poor and grew up poor or just like I was I've been having these conversations with friends actually where I always feel like I always feel okay, like I'm like it's always going to be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going out to dinner and being and not I'm never not aware. Oh of the yeah. Price. I think it also has to do with like a safety net. Like even if you're a celebrity when there is no safety net, the safety net often being generational wealth. Yes, exactly. 
it is it does all fall on you there's well, no one to bail you out if something were to go wrong that's exactly right we were talking about it it was chris and i was talking about it because we went to a dinner sorry he went to a dinner without me that ended up being 200 dollars a person oh which he was not prepared for and kind of did not sign up for and i was like how did it end up being that much and he said because the table were ordering bottles of wine based on what they remembered drinking in the past and not the price so they were like oh i've tried like the chateau mablis from sonoma county like let's let's get a let's get a bottle of that or maybe maybe we'll get three of those (gasps) and so chris was like i ended up just spending so much money and we really i mean if we're getting a bottle of wine it's because it's a good deal you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah so it's interesting to see like who that affects and who it doesn't it must be totally freeing to be someone who's just like not a care in the world i know it must be amazing we also have friends that are very like tight but not really which we've had a conversation about like we've had friends who've been like it's such a good deal to spend like a thousand dollars instead of two hundred dollars oh my god oh my god yeah because you get like three times the the amount and you're like wait huh wait 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 yeah yeah, yeah, say that all again yes i know or it's like oh yeah like i always book all my plane tickets for the year this time and it's like it's four thousand then but you You save so much you save so much in the long term it's a total mentality shift of like how much you grew up with i find that a lot in america with people who lease cars Yes. Who put so much money oh down God, in the lease yeah. cars. And to any listener who leases a car, each to their own. But I think it's so from an abundance mindset of like, I will always have this five to $700 a month. Whereas like, I grew up in a used car. That's a depreciating asset. Why on earth would you pay for it? No, I, I was just watching a video. That's like the smartest thing you can do is get a used car and then use it until it's worth nothing. Right. And you've saved money that whole time. A lot of people don't do that and feel like it's just part of their culture and their upbringing to like put a huge down payment on a car and then spend more money every month to rent it. It's also an American thing. And I mean, it's interesting that we're talking about Tyra and Oprah and net worth and all Mm. these things because it is such an American thing of like status. Yes. It communicates a status. And there are so many high school movies where people are like, I can't drive this to school. Yeah. You need the 2022 Audi. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so embarrassing to be in an old car. Right. It's like, what are you? I mean, I just don't understand it. I understand that like, depends on the area you're from. It's totally upbringing. Like it's really is. It's like people who like order the entire menu and don't like think twice. Really, You either grow up from an abundance perspective or a scarcity mentality. And I don't think there's a right way to be necessarily. Maybe you have less stress if you're operating from a place of abundance. But, and for me personally, I have been so broke at so many different points in my life and I will never let go of that feeling. It's like tough to really rid yourself of. It's kind of like a stench that you can't shake. And you just have to prepare for it. Oh, yeah. That's how it feels. I Same exact. Trying to stay one step ahead of it possibly happening again, even if it doesn't look likely to happen again. You're always yeah. ready. Right. No, it's so fascinating. So Tyra obviously has that mentality, is in the same boat. And she saved $10,000 by the time she was 19, which her mother, Carolyn, managed and then placed with a Merrill Lynch money manager. I love that we're getting into this. It feels so real. Yeah. She owns homes in New York, Los Angeles, and just sold one in Florida at this point in 2006. And she lost 100000 on an internet investment with hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons. Damn. 
famous accused rapist. Yes. And Kimora Lee Simmons' ex-husband. But she was like, I'll do it again. So clearly she learned something from it. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to form her production company. And the last line of this profile is, and so far, my production company has been very bankable. Happy for her. So I don't know if we actually said this, but she's on track right now to make $18 million a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm repeating myself there, but it's no, a, I don't huge, think you are. a huge salary yeah, compared to what she was making modeling. And compared to like any model. Right. Outside of her. Yeah. Isn't this fascinating? I love that we did like a finance profile. I know. Because so often the numbers aren't public. And she was sort of ahead of the game here in that now, as we talked about with Ashton Kutcher, there's his career that in that 70s show that he's known for. But he's really rebranded as an investor. Business is top of mind. No, the people that manage to leverage their success into something long term i mean longevity is all we talk about the two of us uh, mm-hmm. because we also chose to be women in arts yeah <laughs> inadvisable in most cases no, no yeah definitely if you're looking for smooth sailing it's not right. the place to be exactly exactly you've got to be a little bit uh, uh attracted to drama yeah. i think to to pursue this field but to be a model there's always been like a cap and to reach that ceiling like she did and pivot like she has is like really remarkable i mean scarred a lot of women yeah for sure and she definitely upheld some brutal body standards which stay with us to this day yeah but i mean she's damn impressive you can't begrudge her that no and she was definitely a byproduct of the time Mm. she coming up at 15 through the elite modeling world, I'm sure had an impact on her and her body image. But I'm just very impressed with her career. I think that she has maintained relevancy through so many different phases, years, cultural moments. We all know her name. Exactly. And to try her hand at singing, I didn't mention this, but the reason she pursued a singing career was because she wanted to hear people scream her name. And then someone was like, what about a talk show? Like, Amazing. To have that kind of vision of like, actually, I know what will gratify me and that's the applause of millions, then why not? Like, it's the goal, I think, is what is so impressive. Like, absolutely no concept of cringe. She's like, I will be the hardest working girl in the room. And if that makes me kind of look like a loser, I don't care because I'm going to be the most successful. Yeah. And she's also sort of willing to try anything. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, really was demonstrated on her talk show, sort of like down for whatever. Mm. And that's admirable. I think that makes for a, a really interesting life at the end of one's life. She's already written a memoir. Obviously, it was sort of a joint memoir with her mother. But... I mean, she had a lot to fill it already. And she's, what, halfway through her life? Yeah, yeah. She's 49, I yeah. think. Oh, 50 this year. 50. Yeah. Oh, happy 50th. Happy 50th. That feels special. Yeah, it does. Obviously, we cannot discount. Like, so beautiful. Oh, my God. So beautiful. Those little modeling agencies. I know. You turned down Tyra. 25 shows in her first season. You idiots. I know. And as a black woman at that. Oh, yeah. I think the racism was oh, playing a big part of it. Oh, I can't imagine. I think it was her LA Models agency. I may be misremembering it, but the reception was like, black girls don't get booked, so you're probably going to be applying for my job next year. Mm. The receptionist at the modeling agency told her that. Oh, my God. And covers were also sort of unprecedented that she got covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
she says something really powerful about having light eyes, which I, I think is interesting and in how her mother made a point of not making a big deal about her light eyes because everywhere she went as a little black baby, people, you know, regardless of their race were like, Oh my God, those are the most beautiful like colored eyes I've ever seen. And I think her mother was just like, I don't want to make that like that feels like inherently racist and I don't want to make that her defining feature. Like I'm going to tell her I'm so impressed by her focus when oh. it comes to homework. Like it's so, it's so cute. Like I her mother know. was just so far ahead of the game in terms of parenting. That's so sweet. And yeah. at, at that time, not everybody was killing it in that regard. Oh no. Gentle parenting is a new tactic. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly right. She really nurtured this like woman in her image who has in turn become a, a beacon to many, many girls around the world. I think people used to show up to her book signings and tell her like the most like deep, heart-wrenching secrets. That makes sense. She does also have an openness, you know? Yeah. There's an it factor there of like, tell me who you are. I know the it factor strikes again. Mm-hmm. It really is so hard to quantify, but there are just some people where it's just innate and it like emanates from every fiber of their being. It's just like, that is a star. Yeah. And that is Tyra. Mm-hmm. Top of the top. Yeah. You want to be on top? Oh <laughs> my God. And I feel like we must close up. We, ha- we have to wrap that. There's I something know. more we can say. Learn something from this. Yeah. Girls. <laughs> yep. Invest. Try your hand at music. We're rooting for you. We are always rooting for I'm you. I'm really like digging deep for I anymore. Know. Where are they? I've never in my life yelled at a girl like this. <laughs> She slams the mic. (laughs) Uncover girls, uggos, we love you so much. Truly. You are on top of our hearts. And um, we can't wait to talk to you next week. In the meantime, share this little app Mm -hmm. with all your bank fans. Wait, what? Your bankable fans? With all your, yeah. Oh, yeah, bank. With all your Thai Thai babies. Yeah, that's better. (laughs) That's better. Perfect. Love you. Love you. Happy week. Bye. Uncover Girl is lovingly crafted by Beatrice Hazelhurst and Ivana Ryder. If you want to get even deeper under the covers with us, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash uncovergirl or follow us on Instagram at uncovergirlpodcast. Rate Uncover Girl, write us a review, and share your favorite episode, Shawn Mendes, Rolling Stone 2018, anyone? And we will be your forever fans. Love you.